Hello and welcome to Making Mediumship the Norm, the podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Espinasi, known as New Zealand's Modern Medium, and I have been very privileged over the years to connect thousands of people to their loved ones in spirit, whether that be through one-on-one readings to my sellout Whispers from Above shows. I'm excited to be able to bring you this podcast where together we are going to be bringing mediumship into the everyday homes, the everyday hearts and everyday conversations. Whether you are here seeking solace after the loss of a loved one, needing guidance on your life's journey, or simply you have a curiosity to explore the mysteries of the universe, the Making Mediumship the Norm podcast is here to support you. My intention with each episode is to help you bridge the gap with life beyond this earth. So without further ado, let's tap in to today's episode. Hello, beautiful seekers. I am so excited to share with you my incredible guest today. And we are going to be having a conversation about how loss can truly become the thing that frees you and opens you up to the freedom that each of us truly seek to experience in this life. So today I have the beautiful Lizzie Vince from the UK, who a year ago, her stepfather passed and it set her on a journey of truly finding herself and coming home. So hello, beautiful Lizzie. I'm so honored and grateful that you have agreed to do this conversation. I know that some of the things are still raw And I love this because it really just shows the journey that we do go through when we have those that we love so much transition. So a huge welcome to you, my honey. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation and yeah, be really raw and vulnerable about all of it. (laughs) So I feel I relate so much to your story in, in a way because I have had a few stepdads in my life and my current stepdad, Mm. I just love like a dad. Like he is so much Mm. more of a dad figure for me than my current dad. Not that there's anything wrong with my dad, but my dad's in France. I'm in New Zealand. So I can understand the bond that we have with a step parent. So take us Mm. through how your stepdad was a part of your life and how it all unfolded to his passing. Yeah. So I think my stepdad was in my life from the age of three. My, (laughs) my mom, we could laugh about it now. My mom actually was cheated on my dad with my stepdad. My stepdad was an employee of my mom and dad's friend my mom just couldn't resist my stepdad's charms. He was very charming and funny and flirtatious with everyone he came into contact with. And yeah, I guess my parents realized they weren't meant for each other and then got a divorce. And then I'm not really sure what the timelines were. Yeah, my stepdad, we moved in with my stepdad and me and my older sister. She's five years older than me. It was like right around the corner from my grandparents. Obviously, it was like all meant to be and everything. And then as young as I can remember, he's been in my life, of course, because I've known him since I was three. Yeah, and he essentially raised me because a lot of the time my mom, my mom worked in retail. So my mom would have to work like weekends and evenings and stuff sometimes. Like I remember my dad being the one to cook. And like, I mean, my mom could never help me with my my mom's like I didn't really go to school <laughs> so my, my stepdad was very like intelligent so he would help me with my homework and then we were kind of like <laughs> this is like of course it's still quite raw it's been like January 2022 so it's been like almost 18 months I'm getting emotional because me my mum and my stepdad had a really special bond we used to call ourselves the three musketeers and my older sister would go out you know she was a bit of a party girl and have she was one of these teenagers I wasn't like this I've always been like a homebody my family's always been number one for me and my older sister was like friends come first always out you know with her friends and so usually it would be me my mom and my stepdad and we had a very simple life you know it was 
it was very much the little things it was all about fun and laughter and joy and play and that's basically my stepdad taught me unconditional I really did not expect to get this emotional it's absolutely you're so held you're so loved and I feel this is the truth of what we go through in the human experience of loss and I don't feel that it has to be a blood parent right to teach us love and that teaches us how we deserve to be treated as children and nourished and all of those things and it sounds like your stepdad really filled that role with absolute honor as a father figure for you and I can feel his energy and I can just see his really big smile and it's kind of like he's got this cute little dimple when he smiles and there's just this glistening as well in his eyes. So I feel like he's so proud that you're talking of him. So keep going, my love. I've got you. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Thank he, you. I just feel sometimes people try to bypass yeah. the human experience of grief. And as a medium, Thanks. you know, I help people through that. That's kind of what I do. But We do have to go through it. Mm. You know, you can't skip how it's going to happen for you. So seeing you feel these emotions, for me, just goes, this is the permission sometimes we need Mm. is to be able to feel these emotions. So thank you for allowing yourself to share the raw emotions that are coming up with us today. Thank you. Thank you for holding space and to your listeners as well when this episode comes out I'm sure it'll bring up a lot in other people as well which is of course such a gift so so yeah my stepdad really did teach me unconditional love you know anyone that's had step parents especially from a young age and especially if you live with them because I've had my stepmom since I was 10 but I never lived with them you know so it's never been as close although it's become closer since my stepdad's passed so that's nice And my stepdad really taught me, taught me so much. He taught me that to really live life to the fullest. And that was to his detriment or disadvantage, should we say, as a human, because he didn't really take care of his health. He smoked for many years. My parents come from the generation of smokers, you know, all four of them smoked and my dad and stepmom quit. And then my mom and stepdad quit, but then they started again and I've lived through such duality in terms of, and my mum won't mind me speaking about this, my mum's mental health, having, going through some like spouts of deep depression, a kind of continuous anxiety and, you know, having some really, really dark times with that, which I now know is of course a gift. And some financial things, we lost our family home when I was 16, you know, things like that, quite big things that happened. But what my, the legacy my stepdad left behind is that, is a few things. He didn't care what people thought of him. He didn't, like, he was so nonchalant and borderline brazen with how he was. But he was also a comedian, like you would have fun with it. And some people, he had a very dry sense of humor, very sarcastic. Some people liked it, some people didn't. He was a bit like Marmite. But yeah, the people that loved him really loved him. And he also taught me, so he taught me that not to, you know, love yourself first, not to care what other people think. And then he also taught me to live life to the fullest. And that was, you know, his smoking. (laughs) Not that I smoke. He loved food. He was such a foodie. He went full out on food and as very sadly in it was around it was actually the day before my mum's birthday so it was the 11th of June 2020 yeah it would have been 2020 he got diagnosed with stage four lung cancer and what is saddest about it and has been frustrating in the grief process is that apparently he'd coughed up blood a whole year before but he didn't go to the doctor because, I don't know, to generalise, perhaps because he was a man, perhaps because of finances, he was always self-employed, perhaps because of fear, you know, he didn't want to face it. And even to the day he died, we didn't ever talk about the fact he was dying. We didn't know his funeral plans, like we didn't know any of that. So, so he passed on the, I think it was the 17th of January, 2022. And 
his health really declined from August of 2021. Before that, like he was pretty much fine. He stopped responding to chemo. And then in December, Christmas Day, we had a lovely Christmas Day. And from Boxing Day onwards, we felt that he, anyone that's been with someone who's dying will know that when they know that they they feel like they haven't got long left, they really start to live as much as they can. And really, he he was on top form that day. <laughs> yeah, making jokes as he always did. And I can't even imagine how he was feeling on the inside. Not only, you know, the fear and knowing that you're dying, but the actual, you know, cancer that was attacking his body and the pain. And he was he was in pain for so long. And my mum having to go through that as well. It's made my mum so resilient. It's been such a gift in so many ways. And then, yeah, Boxing Day onwards, he just, I guess he got it out of his system. He had no more to give as such. And then he was... He, he refused to go to hospital because I think he knew that he was going to die in hospital. But my mum was like, brought the doctor out and the doctor took a look at him and the doctor said, no, you need to go to hospital. You know, you need palliative care, essentially, like end of life care. So he's a, he was a big guy. So it took like four people to lift, the, lift him, hours to get him in the ambulance, take him to the hospital. Yeah, and then he was in hospital. I don't know if how long, but... We visited him every day and it's the first time I've witnessed somebody pass on and the peace that you can feel and the irony is that he would always joke I just want peace somebody give me peace because my mum <laughs> I think my mum caused him a lot of he, lo- he loved her and loves her but my mum caused him a lot of stress in his life as women tend to do isn't it <laughs> exactly so (laughs) oh that was funny so yeah he would say oh I just want peace somebody give me peace and um and yeah he got his peace (laughs) that's what we would joke and say yeah witnessed him pass over pass over the rainbow bridge however you want to say it you know it's it's like no matter how old the person is he was 58 like they take the form of like a newborn baby again that's just like pure and beautiful and perfect and and then yeah that was the start of well I say the start of I feel like there was a lot of pre-grief people that witness somebody go through like health decline will can relate to this you know you you start to grieve the person whilst they're alive my nan right now has dementia so like our whole family is you know grieving her and pre-grieving her that way she's still around but so yeah there's like whole process (laughs) as those of you who have been through it know. Yeah, it's, as a medium, sometimes I always wonder, is it better to know they're going to pass or is it better for it to just be something that just happens and, and you're you're there in the moment? And I feel there's no, there's no answer to that. Sometimes no. knowing they're going to pass can be really challenging. Sometimes them just passing out of nowhere is the challenge. And it's like, I really would like to think and know that everything happens in divine order. And no matter how much we want to try and and like even with your stepdad, for example, and, and saying, you know, he'd been coughing up blood for a year, would that have actually made a difference to yeah, what was supposed to unfold, even if he had gone, you know, like yeah. things are supposed to happen the way they are, the universe is in perfection. And right. as hard as that is to hear, I feel I like, People want to die in some ways in dignity for what it is for them. And I feel like for for your stepdad, it was, if I say I'm dying, then that's it. Like I feel Mm. not acknowledging it was more about appreciating life and still being able to be there and not focusing on the end, but focusing on the now and what is available here in this moment. So he was always like that. I feel that. And I feel like I just want you to explain to us because you said, you know, it's seeing somebody pass and then them going back to like being a newborn baby. Did you 
at any point, I like to ask this question. Did you ever feel like you saw his soul leave the body? Like, do you feel like there was a moment where you're like, oh, he's gone? I feel like me, my mom and my sister all knew that he was going to pass like that day. We all had a feeling. We're all very intuitive. Not that like, I've never spoken about spirituality to my sister. Me and my mom do, but never, which is interesting. You know, she's, you know, we're all psychic, right? Absolutely. (laughs) I find it it funny. We're all (laughs) the things, all of us. That's that's another topic for another day. But I feel like when we saw him in the hospital like that day on the 17th of January he was still his soul was still in his body it was just like he was sleeping and I feel like it was maybe two three days later that he started to like so I still feel like he was kind of there for a few days perhaps not wanting (laughs) he was quite stubborn he was a Taurus perhaps not wanting to leave sometimes the soul can hover so right. the, the soul is connected to the physical body through what we call a silver cord. It's kind of like when we're in our mother's womb, we're connected through an umbilical cord. And then the soul is connected to the body through the silver cord that is like an umbilical cord, just to put it in simple terms. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, a cutting of the silver cord that happens when the breath is no longer happening in the body so as soon as the body stops breathing that's when the separation of the soul and the body happens but some spirits some people in spirit like to hover Mm. with their bodies for a while and that is often to give those that are the living the opportunity to kind of deal with everything so to give them the opportunity to feel the body experience this new chapter, this new experience that they're about to go on. So I feel like in some ways, this was his parting gift of love to all of you. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. And like, obviously for my mom, it's been so hard. And to this day, you know, every now and then she'll have a breakdown about it. And that's the other beautiful thing is that they had so much unconditional love for each other. And I'm so grateful because that's why I now have such an incredible relationship. And I always say to my mum, I've been with my partner Niall for five years. And I say to her, I was like, I couldn't even imagine him not being in my like that would be the most heartbreaking thing because he is. I'm pretty sure he's like my twin flame. I'm pretty sure my mum and my stepdad were twin flames. Like, and even my partner and my stepdad got along so well. And it was just, it's just so beautiful to people that I see longing for love and unconditional love in a partner. And like, and of course it comes through our own healing as well. But it's just, I feel like it's made me realize that on a deeper level. Maybe appreciate my partner even more. Absolutely. And I truly believe, or no, I should say, I don't really believe in beliefs anymore. Um, But I truly know (laughs) that our loved ones, their passing becomes the biggest gift for us. It becomes the moment where our awakening to truth happens. And for you, the love that you had or have, I should say, because he's not gone. He is physically gone, but soul and everything is existence is still with us. We don't just poof vanish. Like we're still here. And you say that it really was this monumentous thing that happened that unplugged you from the matrix. And mm. I've been banging on about this for years, <laughs> not necessarily in unplugging from the matrix, but I've always been saying, you know, our loved ones are here to elevate us to our consciousness. They're here to open up our consciousness. They're here to help us live incredible lives, to maximize what we're able to achieve and have in this life. And now that I've also been, I was talking to a friend about it today. I feel like everything I've been teaching for so long, I've always been on the money with it, but it's kind of like now I've had all the final pieces of the puzzle. And I went, Ah, oh, that's just what it's called instead. <laughs> right. So right. Right. I, I feel like, oh, I've just kind of, I really get it. And I feel like you're the perfect example. And this is why I wanted to have you on this podcast. It's because you let that pain become the thing that freed you. 
you didn't dwell in it. Yes, of course, you dwell in it for a little bit because it's the human thing to do. But instead of staying, you dove into it and the diving into it has opened. I've got flipping goosebumps all over my fucking body. You diving into it has freed you. So can you explain the rawness of, you know, of grief and the pain that you were going through and how the suffering in some ways led you to coming home to yourself? Yeah. Well, receiving all of that, I feel it too. And I'm sure the listeners can as well. So going back to July to October 2021, and I know you had Michaela, she will impact on your podcast. That's how I actually found you through Michaela. And I know you found me through Michaela, which I love that. Michaela's had a whole thing. I love listening to the podcast. Definitely listen to that one, guys. So I I hired Michaela as my business coach in July of 2021. This is all linked, I promise. And I was very much in the survival matrix, in lack, in fear-based consciousness, you know, like most people, the matrix, you know, it was valid. Well, like um, all people, really. Like all people. Like all people, exactly. And then, because I didn't know any better, and uh, one of my friends and I were talking about this yesterday because she connects with angels and she was connecting with Archangel Metatron and Metatron was saying, you can't have regrets about the past. Like, you, no mistakes were made because you did what was you felt best in the moment. And I, I love to live by that and totally like that's that's the truth so so I hired Michaela and I my upbringing was very much I'd very much developed this high achiever identity which layer by layer has been you know what I've been what has been dissolving and it was all to do with it's very much from my dad's side the wounded masculine side there's been a whole healing journey with that definitely got like the proving and performing from my dad he's very much in that although I've healed Oh my gosh, I have so much to say. Like it's been like t- two years. There is so much to say, but I've healed my relationship with my dad. We didn't speak for his whole six months. Now, like I just I adore him and I never thought I'd say that. And we actually had a moment during Easter this year where I we popped eye contact across the room and I just felt my eyes fill with tears because I could feel my dad's unconditional love for the first time in my life. So and then, of course, like I said, my mum with her mental health, it was like kind of the hero saviour paradigm of like, mum, let me come to the rescue and come and save you. And that's also been a whole thing, of course, has come up with my stepdad's passing in terms of like wanting to save my mum, but also having the sovereignty to be like, no, this is her, all of our greatest gifts. And she has and will learn so much from this. And I don't want to get in the way of that. So July to October 2021, I really went for it. My high achiever was in full flow, you know, thriving, made like 500K in my business. It was wild. And I just, November 2021, I was, well, at the time, it was the most depressed I've ever been. No, there have been more since then, which I'll go into. I want to talk about mental health because that's like a whole thing as well. And I just, November 2021, I felt the lowest I felt in my life. I felt so lost. I felt so confused. I felt miserable. And it was like, and I'm so grateful that at the age of 26, it was my golden year, 26 on the 26th of May, at the tender age of 26, I realized that money, like what, excuse my French, what the fuck are we doing? Like money is not the be all end all. Like people spend their lives chasing money like our attachments to money are so unhealthy of course and I fully what I didn't know at the time is like I started to unplug from that because I I got everything I wanted and I was like and I'm not happy and I was like now I understand why celebrities commit suicide kill themselves like I now get it like I get it or anyone kills themselves who seemingly has it all you know and then of course, like my stepdad's health was really declining from August to January. And then come January when he passed, I was working with a few clients in my business. I was business coaching and I just, I had no motivation for my business. I was just doing it for the sake of, to make money. And it just, it felt, the way I describe it is like a breakup. You're with someone that you've been with for a while and you're like, 
I still love them but it doesn't feel right it doesn't and it feels like I'm forcing it and it's just just like a light switch overnight it's just like nope don't want to be with this person anymore and it was like that with my business it was like nope I don't want to be in this business anymore this isn't right and of course healing doesn't happen overnight but the shedding of who I wasn't of conditioned identities were starting to shed particularly the high achiever and then I kind of I actually worked with Michaela doing some of her work and since then I've you know layer by layer as healing goes I've been on such a journey of purging and shedding and I have had the lowest moments of my life and at first that was so scary and of course uncomfortable because we're taught we're in a fixing society we're taught like if you feel depressed take medication yeah yeah, or do something to make yourself feel better and I was like growing up by the way I've always you know my on my mum's lineage and I think my dad's actually there's been like mental health stuff going on so both my parents were on medication. And so my mom would always be like, medication. And I actually have had very vulnerable conversations this past year with my parents. And one of them with my mom is where I was very upfront and said, look, when you say that, it feels like you're trying to fix me. Like, I'm not going down that route. I appreciate where you're coming from, but like, that's not something that I want to do. And she doesn't say it anymore. <laughs> so, so I... I would yeah go through these like bouts of like deep deep depression feeling and I, I still do now but it's not as heavy and painful because I now I've experienced what's on the other side and growing up like I said being a high achiever and having emotionally unavailable parents as many of us do I was not taught to feel my emotions I was like I was taught like here's something to make it feel better or you know I basically lived my life entirely suppressed just channeling myself into accomplishments achievements and so when my stepdad passed it was like shit I've got to feel and I was like I don't know how to feel <laughs> at first it was like I don't even know how like so I, I feel at, like I didn't feel at first I had like a knowing that something was happening behind the scenes and that I was the stuff was wanting to come up but I was very good at suppressing I still am in a lot of ways you know it's a process it's a journey and I'm very this is the the polarity that I've discovered is that I am so much a joyful person. My soul is very happy, very joyful. I'm, I've had readings. I'm quite a new soul. So I've been told and I can feel that like I have a lot of innocence. And this is why I love connecting with old souls because there's that beautiful dynamic of like me being the freshness and the newness and then bringing all that wisdom. So yeah, that's been a whole thing in terms of actually allowing myself to feel. And that has been the most challenging thing is like oh shit I don't feel good I don't feel happy I don't feel joyful like Lizzie is this happy joyful person and I feel borderline like I I don't know if I can go on in this life like I I want to end things like I don't know if I can I actually I didn't experience suicidal thoughts but I was I was definitely like in I've experienced deep deep depression And I remember speaking to a friend about this and she said that in shamanic tribes, the shaman takes the person in the tribe who is experiencing depths of their emotions, essentially, aka mental health issues. (laughs) That's a whole other conversation as well. And they become the next shaman. They are, you know, developed to become the next shaman. And that has like sat with me since hearing that. And I now know that it's such a gift and it's and it's not something to be afraid of. Does that mean in the moment I'm not like, oh, why am I feeling like this? This is so annoying. I just want to feel happy all the time. Like, why do I feel like I want to end things? Why do I feel so depressed? Why do I feel? And the most, the most challenging thing has been feeling lost. Because when you've, like, people don't, vulnerability is one of my natural gifts. And people don't talk about this. Like, they do, but like, they don't, they don't go into the depths of it. They don't talk about the depths of when you've lived your life a certain way 
in an identity. Even this morning I woke up and I was like, I don't know who I am. And before I would have been like, shit, I don't know who I am. Freak out. Need to find who I am. Need to find my purpose. Need to we're taught very much. I'm a I'm a manifesting generator and we're taught very much like you belong in this box in this category with this label and this job title. And I'm like, at certain points I've thought I've had ADHD. I'm like, no, I'm just soul express like and it looks like ADHD (laughs) I am someone that is dynamic versatile like I thrive in variety like I love to be doing all the things and so that's been really hard it's been like so much has come up like I feel like I don't belong I don't fit inside you know very much starseed thing I don't fit in with society why can I just stick to one thing catching myself being you know envious of people that just have a career and they stick to that career and they do that their whole lives and I'm and then there's me who's like I get bored and once I get bored it's like it's time to move on on to the next thing and on to the next thing it's like catch me if you can like you know I'm giggling because I feel like you're describing me (laughs) I'm like oh my gosh I'm just a decade older than you I'm 36 so but I feel like I'm the same manifesting generator all these labels all the things I'm like oh my gosh it's like you're a younger version of myself I love it so I can absolutely identify with everything that you have just talked about because these are very real things and I feel like I want to just bring a little bit of light that I feel depression is an indication that you are on the precipice of unplugging or that you are for sure the disconnect from, or that you're disconnecting, I should say, from the simulation and the illusion that is this world that we live in. And that's why we're feeling depressed because we're like, this isn't how it's meant to feel. Like, why is this so hard? Why is, you know, why are we all hating each other or blah, blah, blah? Why am I sick all the time? Or all these things. Like, I feel our bodies are talking to us and saying, wake up. Well, actually, it's like the soul's like nudging the body and going, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Mm. You're like, you're at the door and, you know, just go through the door now. So I just kind of feel like these are conversations that are so important because this is how we're going to start to know actually the unplugging is happening. And I feel people are having all these unplugging moments but they just don't know what it is because no one's having these conversations. And I... I just adore you and your vulnerability, as you said, is such a gift. And being able to express yourself in this way, I feel people are going to relate and they're going to go, wait a minute, I have felt this way or I feel like I don't belong. Like I spent 20 years of my life, Lizzie, wanting to end my life. I felt like the world would be so much better without me. Like no one would notice if I was gone. Like I've experienced that. And when we are here to truly awaken consciousness, I feel we go through that because we understand why the awakening then is so important. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And we are the whole like, and I know Michaela talks about ego and having that, like me developing that space has been, it's the only thing that gets me through and the only way is through to know that like my feelings are not who I truly am and you know they're coming up to be purified and I know Michaela talks a lot about the bible and I find it funny and Michaela talks about this too how literally it's taken in terms of like baptism people are like let me just you know and this is no disrespect to anyone that is religious but it's just, it, it is quite funny how literally it's taken. It's like, no, baptism isn't just like, let me put holy water on myself and I'm awakened, you know? It's like, it's a process. Um, if it was, internal... then uh, the world would look very different. Yes. <laughs> Let's just say that. Exactly, exactly. Very different. So yeah, I definitely, in terms of the space that I was talking about earlier and the awareness, that, that space obviously giving you the awareness of this is not who I truly am and allowing that energy to move through your body, which is like, again, I definitely feel that vulnerability is my gift because I'm here to talk about things in a real way and in an experienced way, because it can be frustrating when you hear people say like, oh, and this used to be me, like, oh, just sit with it and purify it, done. And you're like, 
that is so uncomfortable for the human, especially if it's, you know, feelings coming up from childhood, past lives, your lineage that you haven't felt. And there's such deep wounds. And my biggest challenge or the most triggering thing for me has been feeling lost because I I felt it's really it's quite funny now, but my, it wasn't funny, but my whole life. I felt like I knew who I was. I'd kind of fit myself into this box, into this identity, and I was comfortable there. Now, most people won't awaken from that in this lifetime. That's fine. Everyone's on their own timeline. But now, you know, once you know you can't unknow, now that I look back, I'm like, wow, like the game of life, like Michaela says, is designed so perfectly because you don't know that you're in an illusion until you're out of it. Like, how can you possibly know? Like, you are it. You become it. It becomes you. Like, it's like somebody saying, like, I don't know, if I really thought my hair was brown, so you'd be like, your hair is your hair is blonde. I'd be like, no, 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 it's brown. They're like, no, it's blonde. No, no, it's brown. It's like, I can't see that it's blonde, right? So for me, feeling lost, and of course, the the reason why feeling lost was so triggering is because I'd spent my life under the illusion, like many people, most people, all people, under the illusion of control, of I know what I'm doing. I know what my life is going to look like. This is my plan, you know, and then all of a sudden the plan is then there's no plan. And I'm like, shit. And people I'm not a glamorizer. Like I tell, I tell it straight and people glamorize all this stuff and they're like infinite potentiality. And like, it's like, yeah, it's great once you're in it, but people don't talk about the shit you have to go through to get there and the shit you have to go through. That's not you, but you think it's you. And you're just like, it's a minefield because you're like, oh my God, I thought I was this person and I thought my life was going to go this way. Like I didn't think my stepdad was going to die at 58. I thought I was going to be a business coach. Now I'm like, I've been going through this past two years. Like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm here to do. There's so much focus on finding a purpose. I was like, and I, I just got to a point where I was like, my purpose is to live a happy, joyful, fulfilled life as best I can. And whatever is within that is it. And like, but I don't want to sit here and say like honestly to get to this point the tears the sadness the frustration the anger the shame the guilt like literally every single emotion has been felt to get to this point and like it's not pretty it's not sexy it's not glamorous it's not comfortable it's not hard it's simple the hardest part or the I guess the paradoxical thing about awakening is that at first you have to go to like purify that layer, whatever the layer is, you have to go through your ego. And Michaela calls this the rubber band phase. And that's the hardest part because you're like, but what is me? Maybe I am that. Maybe I am this. Ah, I don't. And you, there's so much confusion. And then you start to seek outside of yourself. You start to be like, oh, well, this was me. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. Maybe I should go to the, hire this coach so that they can tell me. Or maybe I should read this book or listen to this podcast or watch this YouTube video. And it's like, no, none of that. Like, I like barely consume anything because I realize like, and it's again, it's such cliches, but I have all the answers or my soul has all the answers and I'm getting pretty good at being uncomfortable now, you know, and I'm okay with I'm getting pretty okay with not knowing and I'm getting pretty okay with not being under the illusion of control. Does that mean there are times where I'm like, this is so hard to be in the matrix again, but no, I don't want to be in the matrix again. But then the illusion kind of felt good as well. Yeah, I totally get that. And for example, watch the movie, The Matrix, when they go to like the real world, doesn't really look as pretty or it doesn't really look like why would you want to leave the illusion that is so pretty and so cushy and go to this place where really you are all of it and you are one with it and in some ways when you don't know who you are that's it and that's the answer really that's life the all the labels all the things it's like when you strip it I did it, right? When you strip it all away, like, who are you? You are anything and you are nothing all at the same Literally. time. And the biggest what paradox. I, exactly. And what I love is that our loved ones in spirit are guiding us through this. 
I always say like the loved ones in spirit are the gatekeeper to the universe. Once you experience Mm -hmm. that loss of a loved one that really just shakes you, they honestly open up the whole universe to you because they guide you to becoming, well, not becoming because you already are the universe, but the knowingness that you are the universe, source, God, tomato, tomato, it's the same thing. And so for you, do you feel that you are connecting with your stepdad? I know we talked before we pressed record that you had a dream with him, but do you feel you have a little secret language with him or do you have a sign that you know it's him? Like share with us how that happens for you. Yeah, I feel like because at first and actually interestingly, I was working with Michaela on business coaching when he passed. So like January 2022, I was still working with Michaela on the whole business coaching thing. And obviously she knew what was going on with my stepdad and she'd experienced her dad pass. And then obviously a month later, she experienced her sister pass. And it was great to work working with Michaela because she is a medium. And so she kind of helped me with that. But I remember at first, and I can imagine so many people go through this, I was like, oh, I just, I really want to connect with him. Like I really, you know, it's kind of from lack a little bit. It's kind of from ego. You're like, oh, I just, you know, miss him so much. I really want to connect with him. And I was kind of forcing it at first. And now I just let it happen naturally. And I realized earlier when we were talking in this conversation that like, I do have a lot of dreams about him. And that these past few days, he has been popping into my my mind a lot. So I know he's nearby, like songs that he would sing, things that he would say. Like the other night, I just started singing a song that he used to, he would used to sing really funny songs to my mum. Like he would, oh, he was such a wind up merchant and he would sing a song that's like, please release me, let me go for I can't love you anymore. Like he would sing in like a jokey way. And sometimes I will like have those and I'll just like laugh or, you know, like little things, little phrases and stuff. So it's more like words for me. And it's always funny stuff because like that was who he was. Like, I mean, polarity, he could be a miserable sod as we'd say here in the UK. (laughs) But now I understand that. I understand the duality now because I've really gone through that of like, I am someone and I feel my stepdad was someone and my mom is someone and my, to be honest, I feel all my family and friends are like this. You know, we, we experience these really high highs And therefore, we also experience these really low lows and neither is right nor wrong. You know, that will make us whole. So, yeah, definitely. It's like I do connect with him. And yeah, his passing has obviously just given me a whole new perspective on life and awakened me. It's it's not that it's given you maybe a new perspective. It's just that it's given you the truth. The truth. Yeah. That's why I was then like the truth. It's the truth. It is the truth. I would love for you to maybe share some tips of like what you did to help you through grief because yours is still quite recent. For anyone that might be going through that right now, like what are some things that you did to just help you through the pain or the anger or, you know, the bargaining that happens or like you said, the the lack of like, I want to connect, I want to connect, I want to connect. Like, what are some things that you did to kind of help yourself through that? Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you said it. Actually, you've helped me to realize something in saying that because in you saying grief, not only was it the passing of my stepdad that was grieving, but I was also grieving identities of myself that wasn't who I truly am. So like, I feel like that's something that's not spoken about with grief as well, is that it activates a death within yourself. I used to cry when he was dying and also not so much, you know, kind of in the first couple of months, but then I started to really heal, heal this. But I used to cry in like hysterics to my partner and he would just like hold me. And that's been such a beautiful thing. It's brought us so much closer because like I said, I wasn't someone before that felt my emotions. So therefore I didn't show my emotions. So we couldn't be that intimate in our relationship, but I've really had to open up to him because we live together. He's my soulmate and I would really break down and say my stepdad I feel I felt like was the only one in my life now I can say my partner but who loved me 
unconditionally and like now that's gone I was like I feel like part of me just been ripped out a lot of people would say to me you know this is your opportunity to unconditionally love yourself and that is that has been such a journey and that's what I'm kind of in the depths of at the moment in terms of what's helped is honestly the only way is through is feeling and if you're someone like I was and slammed to a degree, you know, who struggles to feel because you weren't provided with a safe space to feel as many of us weren't, start small, start with what you can. I love Brene Brown because she talks a lot about shame and shame is like, shame is the thief of joy. And we shame ourselves even in our healing. We shame ourselves in our tender moments. We shame ourselves because, oh, am I doing it right so I would compassion is like number one and and people are like I kind of had this debate with someone the other day who was like compassion is merging with the human it's like well you still are human and a lot of us are still for some like Michaela I feel like it was like an overnight thing that's the other thing for me it's been more of a gradual process because I feel Michaela was just like unplugged but for me but like I was trying to hold on to certain things and I would compare and be like, oh, Michaela's went this way or this person's went this way and mine's going this way. Again, shame. It's so sneaky. But the the flip side of shame is compassion and acceptance. I remember I worked with a mentor in October last year, 2022. And she said to me, she's like, Lizzie, peace is about acceptance of where you're at and making peace with where you're at. Can you make peace with where you're at right now? And I remember being like, <gasps> Like it brought up so much like, like without, and this has been the most challenging, but of course, what is the most challenging is the most beautiful, miraculous is accepting exactly where I'm at in every moment and not trying to change it. So however I feel, not trying to change how I feel, we're taught, like I said, either to suppress or change, you know, either you push it down and you avoid it or you try and fix it or change it and that kind of creeps into healing and mindset and all of that stuff. You are not your mind. You are not your emotions. You are not your ego. Does that mean, that still means that you're going to feel like it's you, but this is where I love Eckhart Tolle, people like that, because spirituality is very simple. And obviously our mind wants to complicate everything. And spirituality in essence for me is presence, is being present with what is and whatever that is. We hold a whole spectrum of emotions as human beings. God created and that is like, also like one of the reasons we come to Earth is yeah. because Earth is one of those playgrounds or schools where there is a huge spectrum of emotions compared to other planets or other dimensions. Right. God created us that way. God created created us with an ego so that we could awaken. So, like I always say, don't deny yourself of God, of creation, of the reason why God made you and how God made you. And that's easier said than done. Like I said, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and I will be completely real as I have been. It is, I always joke, be careful what you wish for because you will ask something and yes, you get to command, like Michaela says, you get to command things at your fingertips. You get to command miracles every single moment in every now, but in making that declaration, you are commanding what is not you to come up to the surface. I like to visualize whack-a-mole <laughs> to beat, pop up its head, to show you what is blocking you, creating resistance to be purified. And purification is not like, shit, let me get rid of it. Purification is presence. Let me sit with what is. And there will be times in conversations now with people where a trigger will come up. And if it's really, sometimes I can sit with it and sit with it whilst I'm with the person. And sometimes I say, you know, I'm going to go to the bathroom, you know, because that is energy precedes form. Energy is all that's real. Energy is all that's true. And so to live your life prioritizing energy and your being and your soul is like, that's life. That's the truth of life. That's all that life is about. But yeah, it's simple, but it's not easy. <laughs> Otherwise, everyone would do it. Yeah. And I think, you know, you bring up so many really good points. I feel sometimes I'm the same, my unplugging, I feel I'm still unplugging if, if that makes sense. Totally. I'm not fully like, boom. And I'm like, yeah. why, why isn't it just like, 
a moment, boom, done. I'm, and and there is so much that kind of happens and that you go through and it's everything happens how it's meant to. And I feel this is what I was also trying to say about the bypassing. You know, so many people try to bypass to get to the thing. And it's like, it happens differently for everyone because we are our own individualization of God, of source, but we're not all meant to necessarily go through it in the same process because how are we going to help others to awaken if it was the only way that it would happen and it doesn't happen for us in that way? Well, how are we going to help other people? who so it doesn't true. have an overnight kind of thing. So I just I really want to thank you for bringing so much to the table. I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours I and know, hours. Yes. I feel like there's just so much we could cover, but I want to say thank you for giving us the time and your energy and your heart and the honor of your beautiful stepdad. And I'm going to give you the floor to see us off with you giving him a message from your heart from your soul I love that I just want to add something on what you just said that's coming through is that what has been the greatest blessing and again the most uncomfortable part of all this is going through the process of unplugging from control of needing to know the how of that illusion because like you said you know we don't know why it's going a certain way for us and that's different to someone else and we're not meant to know so every time I I ask myself almost every day Lizzie can you be okay with not knowing yes okay that's how we're gonna live (laughs) and it's uncomfortable but it's so worth it so a message for my stepdad is that uh, I feel I you know I miss your physical presence and I feel the intention the desire to want to connect with you more. I'm so grateful for everything that you taught me and for activating my awakening. And I can't wait to be reunited as souls. But in this moment, I'm so grateful that we have what we have. And in every moment, I'm grateful for what is. Oh, that's so beautiful. I know that everyone is only listening to this, but I was watching you. You had your eyes closed and this massive orb just appeared as he was like <laughs> that and I'm like oh my gosh he's so there listening to you so oh, that was phenomenal you. that was phenomenal to see you so, so much you are so welcome thank you Lizzie and here's to your beautiful unfolding and the incredible yes, gift that you bring to this world thank you for doing what you, you do thank you so much for having me love to you all thank you for joining me for today's episode I want to express my utmost gratitude for having you joining me on this journey in making mediumship the norm. As we together continue to explore the depths of the spiritual realm, I ask if you could please leave a five-star review for the podcast. Your feedback and your ratings not only brighten up my day, but they also help others to discover the podcast so we can truly bring mediumship into the everyday homes and conversations. And if you're ready to dive in deeper and want to work with me and see what possibilities await you, I encourage you to book in a reading with me or to check out the Soul Love Academy. Thank you so much for being part of this incredible journey in making mediumship the norm. I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Until then, remember that you are a gift to the world. Together we awaken, together we align, and together we ascend. Love always, Melissa Espinasi. Mwah!